0: Greg Ciolo received a diagnosis of stage three unresectable malignant metastatic melanoma. It spread to his brain as an egg-sized hemorrhaging stage four tumor that almost killed him. Going from feeling perfectly healthy to all of a sudden being in a battle for his life, Greg felt a spiritual call to start a support group to help people battling cancer. Greg, thank you so much for coming on today and sharing your story.
1: Thank you so much, Andrea, for having me on the the program here. I appreciate that.
0: I am thrilled, and it does sound like you have quite the story. So can you take us back to the very beginning? How did you get that diagnosis, and were you having symptoms?
1: Uh, Yes, it actually started in 2016 with a um, melanoma on my shoulder blade. I've been torched, you could tell I have fair skin. I grew up in upstate New York and I got burned a bunch up there. And then um, I've been in Florida for almost 35 years and moved here in 1987. And I've been torched down here a bunch. And so uh, it started basically with some kind of a, you know, mole melanoma that was on my shoulder. But I didn't know that it was melanoma. Uh, My mom saw it, I was here one day with my shirt off. She's like, oh, that doesn't look right. You should go get it looked at. So I did. And I knew nothing about cancer. So I'm glad I'm actually doing this uh, show here with you because I've learned so much since what I've gone through. And this is a very important message that everybody and their brother needs to pay attention to um, because it can help save a lot of people's lives. So long story short, um, they cut that off and they said, oh, it's melanoma. So then I had to go back and they had to go around it and cut a lot more out. Um, And then they made me go to a downtown doctor here in Orlando to look at it. And the guy's like, oh, you know, you should just come once a year to get a x-ray chest x-ray your chances are like 0. 0.000 whatever that it'd be a problem that wasn't the case but i didn't know that and i knew nothing about melanoma even though i had that on my back i'm in exercise i'm into working out i was hitting the gym i was doing all kinds of stuff at the time and i was taking creatine and then so one day i woke up and i had a lump under my right arm. It wasn't significant, but it was like a swollen gland or something. And I didn't freak out initially. I thought it was probably from working out. And, um, and this was over, this was two years after, uh, the initial deal with this thing on the back. So
0: 2018 or something? Yes. Yes.
1: It was 2018, but I didn't run off to the doctor. I couldn't put two plus two together. I never thought it was a problem. Um, I let it go. And I'm, I've also been in the nutritional supplement industry and I've dealt with a lot of people that Uh, had a lot of information on different products that you can take that can help battle cancer, whether it's minerals, herbs and all that stuff. So I was really, I uploaded a lot of my stuff. I talked to a few people. I didn't even really tell my wife at the time because I didn't think it was anything. Whoa, whoa, Uh, whoa, whoa.
0: dive out. out. You didn't tell your wife?
1: I didn't when I first got it because I didn't, I wasn't really in fear and I didn't want, I I don't know. I made a mistake with that because I should have just said, Hey, I got a lump under my arm. I didn't know what they were going to do. Um, Being in the supplement industry and the health field, I I didn't know about immunotherapy either. Um, So the thought of it ever even possibly being something with cancer, I thought the only options were chemo, which I've known people that have died on chemo, it's horrible, and radiation therapy and stuff. So I got got a little bit nervous about making a big deal about that. But I did get some pains a couple of times and it would last for like two or three days and it would go away. And that did like two or three times. And that's when, You know, my wife, she finally said, you better, you better not wait. You better go get that checked out. So I did. And I still didn't think it was cancerous. Um, The doctor I went to see says, I don't know what it is. He says, you need to just get a biopsy. So I got a biopsy. And this was now in November of 2019 when they did the biopsy. Calls me back a few days later. And he says, uh, it was actually a nurse from Advent Health. And she says, uh, you have metastatic melanoma. That's what that is. And I freaked out. I, I mean, I went into meltdown at that point. I'm like, you gotta be kidding me. Metastatic melanoma. I mean, I never knew that something like that would go from my back to my underarm.
0: Right. And so,
1: you know, they told me I needed to go see the cancer doctor here in Orlando immediately, which I did. And you could tell I'm, I'm fit. I got young yeah. kids. I play a lot of sports. I was coaching sports. And so the first guy he told me, is like, uh, you should go to the, um, you should go to the surgeon and see if he can operate on you. But where it was and the size of it, he was nervous. He says, if I take that thing out, it might damage your arm. You might have permanent injuries on your arm from taking it out. They said, we would rather do the immunotherapy to start and see what happens from there. So that's what I did. Um,
0: So for people who don't know what that is, can you tell them just what did that actually entail? Are you going in for an infusion? Are you taking pills? Like what did that look like, that immunotherapy?
1: I'm actually still on it. Um, it. It's an infusion that they do, um, not any pills that you take by your mouth. And um, and I don't know how much I it could keep talking because there's so much I can say about what I went through. But I'm trying oh, to. Oh, I, I, no, so, I want I, it all. No, I want it all.
0: Get into the weeds, man. Get into the weeds. So, so are, are we in 2019? You said now.
1: This is tw- all 2019 in November, towards okay. the end.
0: All right. And how often do you have to have the infusion? Is it every couple of weeks? What does that look like?
1: Well, there's a lot more to that story. Um, okay. Well, but, tell us. <laughs> uh, so I, I'm doing two every two weeks with Moffitt Center right now. I was going okay. to a place in Orlando. Um, great guy. He's done a lot of good things for me. Um, when they wanted to start the treatment with immunotherapy, I was nervous, but they said they wanted to do both Opdivo and Yervoy, which is the combination of the two.
0: Yeah, um, They said
1: that's, it could be toxic. You could have some side effects. They said, we do that for four treatments. And then after that, we just drop the year void and we just do Optivo. And instead of doing it every three weeks, we'll do it every couple weeks. And so, and they basically want to do it for like a year when they start. Um, so the first treatment I did was January 8th of 2020. And, um, I felt okay. I didn't notice anything. Um, after the third treatment in, in March, it was the beginning of March. They draw blood every time you see them. And the doctor says, your liver enzymes are off the chart. Like, you gotta be kidding me. I was absolutely a hair's breadth away from losing my liver. This was at the Advent Center in downtown Orlando. He says, you need to go across the street to go see the liver doctor. And um, I don't think you're gonna be going home for the weekend. He says, you're gonna need a liver transplant. That's how bad it was after just three treatments. Yeah. So
0: so were they making the assumption that it had spread to your liver?
1: No, they were making the assumption that the drugs from the immunotherapy caused a major problem with my liver. They never said they thought it was the the melanoma that went to my liver.
0: I find that fascinating because that combination therapy is often used to treat patients who have late stage liver cancer as palliative treatment, certainly not curative. Um, So I find that so fascinating that they think those drugs did the liver damage. So, so tell us what happened.
1: So I went to go see the liver doctor and he was a really nice guy. And he said, obviously those numbers are horrible. You're a hair's breadth away from needing a liver transplant. He said, but I'm not going to give you a liver transplant right now. He said, and I'm I'm sure anybody that's been on immunotherapy that's had problems knows this. They put you on prednisone. So they said, okay, we're going to pull you off the immunotherapy put you on a high dose of prednisone and see what happens to you. Uh, I had to keep doing other liver uh, tests and things that this guy ordered. And I had to do constant blood draws to see what was going on. Um, it wasn't something that got better, like the snap of the finger. It took right. probably a good four to five months to get my liver back to normal. And so they stopped. And this is during
0: COVID. 30. Am I, am I, oh, am yeah. this was,
1: this was right after COVID started on top of everything else. <laughs> this was in March of 2020, right when COVID hit um
0: wow the only good
1: thing that happened was the size of the tumor under the mm-hmm. arm shrunk slightly and okay. so the doctor says i don't really know what else to do at this point except to try and operate on you so in april of 2020 they did an operation on me and they removed the tumor that was under my arm and like five days later i went to go see the doctor who took it out and this guy's like doing cartwheels down the hall he's screaming he's, yeah yeah he's like We got it back and look at the results. And it said no viable evidence of metastatic melanoma detected. It was clear.
0: Wow. It was clear.
1: So I'm like, thank God I won. I beat cancer and I never at that point ever thought that I would ever have another issue again for the rest of my life with that problem. Um, The doctor said he couldn't put me back on immunotherapy. He said that uh, he was concerned because of what happened with those two. So I didn't do that. I did three scans. All the scans were clear up until October of 2020. In October, I went to see him and he said, I'm going to make your scan every six months now. He says, I don't want you to keep coming in every every time. He said, because they were putting me on the the PET scan. He says, you know, you're getting exposed to some radiation and things. So I said, "Okay, no problem. So the scan wasn't supposed to be until April of 2021 last year got it and um I says okay I didn't think anything about it and then um I started having some issues in March and um what kind of one thing I kept shaving underneath my arms because I had a big scar from when they cut that thing out so I wanted to keep it and see what it looked like and so um when they I actually had a couple hair follicles that plugged up but it was so close to the scar and everything I wasn't sure that it, it that it wasn't cancer again so I got a little bit nervous about that and then my wife says you better just be safe don't wait six months to get that scan you better right. call up and get it done sooner so i called advent health who was doing the mris i said i want to move it up so they moved it up to um march 23rd of 2021 last year okay. and um, but prior to that my kids were on spring break we were at the beach and all of a sudden out of blue i got this splitting headache horrible worst headache I ever had in my entire life i was actually like, on the ground i couldn't even move I'm like taking Advil. I didn't, but I still couldn't put two plus two together. I still did not know. I I was ignorant about so many things. I've learned so much with all the crap I've gone through that it's like, and now I try to tell everybody, you better be seriously strict about this and pay attention to everything.
0: So, did Um, the headache come? It came before that you actually did the scan. Yes. Just before. Okay. And And I started
1: having like some fogginess. Like I felt, didn't feel 100% in my head. I felt kind of blurry, dizzy, whatever. I don't even know how to describe it. And that was- Did your wife nervous.
0: notice? Did, was she able yeah, to- Yeah,
1: I, I told her that and I didn't really know for sure what it was. Uh, so then I went and I did that scan March 23rd. It was a Tuesday and uh, the doctor calls me back two days later and he says, we see something in your brain. I'm, I'm like, man, I'm in shock as I answer the phone. Like, you gotta be kidding me. It's like, yeah. He said, and uh, I just ordered an emergency MRI. You need to go to an MRI tomorrow. So I went and I got the MRI and obviously you don't get the results right there on the spot. And that was a weekend. So I didn't get a call from him until Monday. He calls me Monday and he says, you got a large hemorrhaging tumor in your brain and you need immediate surgery. So he had me check into the ICU at Advent Health the next day. And- um,
0: Wow
1: but they had to try to line up a doctor that can do the surgery that fast which didn't happen the very day I went in there he said i just want you in there to be ready and then they ran another mri on that tuesday and he said that the size of the tumor grew almost twice from the from the mri they took a few days before to the one they took on tuesday i was literally what? a hair's breadth away from death yes if this one if i if i waited until april i would have been dead if right. I waited even a few more days to get this information, I could have been dead because it was a, it they said it was like the size of a giant egg and then it was hemorrhaging, which that's what was that's the what headaches. Was causing the, the yeah. headaches and the like the fogginess in my head and everything else and my I had an uncle that died in two thousand eleven from melanoma, and so he did yeah, and it went to his brain he lived for eight years with it it went through his body and then ended up going to his brain and um It cost him to have a a massive stroke, and he ended up dying like 30 days later. And now that I've gone through all this, I've studied all this. Approximately 60% of people that deal with melanoma, from what I understand, they die because it goes to the brain. It's the biggest killer. And the brain somehow is the area that draws the melanoma in more than any other area of the body. Although it does hit other places like the lungs and the kidneys and the liver and all that. Yes, those are all problems too, but I know like the brain is it's drawn to the brain heavily. So I was in shock to have that under my arm and come back clear and then have it go to my brain. That, that like, I couldn't believe that happened. And
0: Melanoma from all the people I've spoken with is almost like a moving target, right? Because our skin is our largest organ really. And it, it like you just said, it can show up anywhere,
1: yeah. anywhere. Yeah.
0: So, You go in, you do get this surgery, correct?
1: Yeah, so Wednesday, March 31st of 2021. So it's exactly one year and one day from today away. Yes, they had to, I mean, you could see some of it. I don't know. It's like they.
0: Barely. I wouldn't even know that was there if you had pointed it out. Yeah, it looks really good. And I
1: can show you pictures, but, you know, they got to drill a hole in your brain and they take the bone out. And they can't just pull the tumor out either. They have to go in and kind of do stuff that like sucks it up and, and takes it down in size. Then they cut around the entire tumor and take it out. And The big thing they don't know at that point is, is it all over the brain? Is it, is it something that they can't get out? Sometimes they can't get it all out. Um, and then they can't just take that bone and put it back in your head. You know, they gotta put a, they got to put a titanium plate back over that area. It's messed me up still. I mean, even as I'm talking to you now, you know, I, I, I've had issues with memory for names and stuff like that. Not really for any offense or anything like that. I don't, I don't recall it. I've had a memory loss on that front, but I think the biggest thing I've noticed from it is it's messed my, my memory up with uh, names.
0: What was this like for your family?
1: Oh, everybody was a mess. My wife specifically. You know, we got a a young family still. I'm raising kids. I've got four sons. One's 22, one's 14, another one's 13, another one's 10. I mean, I'm actively involved and uh, we've got a great marriage. So this was, you know, a very nerve wracking thing, like what's going to happen to this guy?
0: And during that surgery, because it wasn't, I don't know if it was the height of COVID, I guess it's all relative now, but was your wife allowed to be with you?
1: In the beginning, yes, the whole COVID crisis obviously changed everything, too, because when it got in the panic zone and all of a sudden, you know, when it first started, my mom and my wife can go to the hospital with me. They can do the treatments with me, blah, blah, blah. Um, as it got going with the whole COVID crisis, then it was, oh, you got to wear the face mask. Your wife can't come. Nobody can come with you, blah, 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 blah. You know, I had to get treatments or uh, tests a few times to see if I had COVID. Before they would do stuff, it just, it got very, very strict with all that stuff, which definitely, I think, messed up some things there with them. It made them a little more nervous that I was off by myself.
0: Yeah, I'm sure it did. And I'm sure you missed the support. What was the plan after surgery? And and tell us what it was also just like immediately after surgery.
1: I was thankful that I was alive after surgery. I still wasn't certain specifically if there was anything else in my head. They did another MRI and they weren't picking anything else up, but they said, we aren't positive that there isn't something that could still be there that we can't see. They said, we highly recommend that you get the uh, gamma knife radiation treatment. Uh, They said, but you can't just do it right after the surgery. You got to wait about three weeks. So you have some healing there. So April 21st um, I had a, a set for the, MR for the gamma knife radiation treatment. And that's and when they t- put that whole full face mask thing on you. That's like 10 pounds. And you know, they're, they they do not drill through your head, but they do something where it's like puts pressure on your bones to hold it and on your back. And it's horrible. I it's, that is it's wild.
0: So is it more targeted radiation? It sounds like it.
1: Yeah. So they do another MRI that day too. And they try to determine exactly where the spot is. So they don't do the whole brain. They just, they just zap you in that one area. And that's what they did. And the good news is they, nothing, nothing has showed up. I just did an MRI again a few days ago. And, you know, there's, there's inflammation, there's damage to my head from what happened, but nothing that is showing cancer, nothing is showing anything that they're picking up and saying, Oh, there's more lesions or this is there, or this is a problem. Thank God. It's a miracle. It really is. It's an absolute miracle.
0: Did you only have to do that procedure one time?
1: Yes, but wow. I had side effects that I didn't really know were coming. And that was another big thing that happened. <laughs> Wait,
0: was, they didn't tell you?
1: They, well, they told me that you can have side effects, but again, like everything until you go through it all, you really don't know. It's like, but I had inflammation in my head and like, I wear glasses. So all the time I put the glasses on, I could feel there was pressure in my head would swell and you could see the lines for where I was putting the glasses on. And I didn't notice it instantly though. It took months and you could have issues with that gamma knife radiation for a couple of years. So you don't really know right off the bat. It didn't really affect me right off the bat. It took two or three months down the road for it to get really bad. I actually started wearing uh, headbands and stuff to try to cover my head and protect my head in um, August. I started having issues. Like I'm sitting in a chair, I'd stand up and this happens to anybody, but if you stand up fast, sometimes you can feel lightheaded or whatever it goes away in a couple seconds that happens to almost anybody whether they have a health problem or not but it, with me i'd sit in a chair or i'd sit down and i'd stand up and i'd feel that feeling but it was worse and it would last for a while and towards the end there in august it lasted for a half an hour i stood up Whoa. and i was like what the heck is going on i thought at that time i'm like oh my gosh i, I hope i don't have cancer back in my head again this is crazy." Right. And my wife, again, who's been there all the time, telling me to do everything, whether it's get the scan, do this, do that. If I didn't have her, I probably have been dead. And she says, you shouldn't wait. She says, I think you should go to the emergency room okay, uh, get that checked out. She said, if you're really serious about how bad that is, you need to go get that checked out. So I actually Perfect. went and um, got checked out that night at the hospital emergency room. And it wasn't the Advent Health Hospital. So they said, you did everything at Advent. You're gonna to have to just take an ambulance and take you back down to Advent. And I spent five more days in the hospital because of that. They had to take me off the immunotherapy and put me on um, a steroid that would help to uh, get rid of all the inflammation in my head. So that was twice last year. I spent time in the hospital.
0: And you're back on the immunotherapy now.
1: Yes. Yeah, so I could back up really to after all this stuff happened. Yeah. Last year, because um, originally that doctor that I was seeing in Orlando, he said, you know, he didn't think I could ever use immunotherapy again. Um, I don't know how many people know of the Moffitt Center. I'm sure a lot of people do. It's supposed to be like the one of the greatest cancer centers in the world. Yeah, um, their their big headquarters are in Tampa, which are a little over an hour from my office here. And I actually went to them originally to get a second opinion, but I kept doing everything here in Orlando because I felt it was good to be close to home and everything. So sure. I went, I went and got another opinion after the whole head surgery and everything from uh Moffitt center again. And they said, absolutely. We would try to put you back on immunotherapy. I said, we probably would have tried to put you back on the immunotherapy after your liver numbers got better. We would have tried to lower the dose and just put you on opdivo instead of the two and see if that works better for you. Um, so in may of last year, I started going to Tampa to the Moffitt Center and I've been going there every two weeks with that treatment. And, um, it's for the most part has been okay. I've had a couple instances that caused an issue. There was, I don't know, like maybe three or four months onto it was last summer sometime. Uh, the big difference with the Moffitt Center, they draw your blood right there on the spot and within like 20 to 30 minutes, they have the results. If anything's off, that's a concern. They won't give you the immunotherapy. Right. So that was a lot different than what I was going through here. Sure. Um, And so I remember one time, I think it was in maybe August of last year or July. um, One time, the liver enzyme went up slightly and they said, we can't do your treatment today. Come back in two weeks. But when I came back, the liver numbers were back to normal and they're fine again. And they have not been an issue ever since. So I have not had, thank God, any issues with the liver. Um, I did have some problems with my uh, face with a rash from that melanoma or not the melon, the immunotherapy that started kind of in October and then it got really bad where like I had this horrible rash that broke out all over my face and my neck and Moffitt. Did it hurt? Yeah, it hurt, but it was really itchy and red. It it looked horrible. It really looked horrible. And they finally said, you can't do a treatment until we can get this taken care of. So they took me off the immunotherapy, put me back on prednisone to see what happened. And it, it helped clear it up, but it took two months. Of being off of the immunotherapy to get my whole face and all the skin stuff back to normal uh, they gave me some prescription i can use it all the time which i do i actually have it now in the last couple of weeks because it's been good um, and somebody turned me on to some natural stuff that's not a drug that uh, works phenomenal i've been using that and i haven't had any issues with the skin since okay. then so i still go every two weeks to the Moffitt center now though and i'm not sure exactly how long they want to do it that was
0: my next question. You read my mind. I was going to ask.
1: <laughs> Probably so, a year, but since okay. I stopped for 2 months and I didn't start till May, they they may want to do it, you know, until July. I really don't know exactly. I've got to go do another scan. What they told me which was different, they said melanoma is one of the most dangerous cancers we know of and we deal with and anybody that's gone through anything that you've gone through, we're going to scan you every 3 months. They want an MRI and a Body PET scan every three months. They said, we're going to do that for three years until you're completely clear. We cannot afford to let you not have that type of information. So, um, I actually have to go this Tuesday to go do another PET scan. It's going to be a whole day event. So, yeah, even though I've gone through all this, like every two weeks, sometimes it takes a full day. I got to drive to Tampa and, you know, sometimes I can get back because they just scan me and give me the immunotherapy and I can go home. But this one's a big PET scan day so
0: greg prior to cancer you were very much into fitness wellness working out supplements how did that change if it did over this course of time over the last couple of years
1: well when i first got the diagnosis with the cancer in 2019 i pretty much stopped doing a lot of the working out um And then I talked to somebody, my brother-in-law, who's big into health and nutrition. He says, you need to change your diet. You need to go on a high-protein, high-fat diet, no carbs, be really strict. I actually went on a fast for a week. I was skipping meals. I was doing all kinds of things. Um, And I actually lost a bunch of weight. I got down to uh, 165 to 167 pounds. Like right now, when you look at me, I'm about 195. Um, I didn't start working out again. Until this year or last year in like August, I finally said, I, I can't handle being this thin. Um, I got to start working out again. And I stopped being so strict on eating because everything I try to do right, it still spread to my brain. So I lost my incentive to just be so strict that I can't do anything right. Yeah. So I don't eat bad. I'm a very strict eater as far as the, the health and the food that I eat. But I'm certainly not where I was being super strict like that. But supplement-wise, I still take good supplements. I think a lot of good supplements.
0: Okay. Who do you think this was harder for? And I know this is kind of a tricky question, but do you think this was harder for you to go through it as a patient or for your wife as your spouse and caregiver?
1: It's a good question. Emotionally, Considering if something happened to me, yes, I think that's been more of a stress on my wife. Thinking, you know, God, if something happens to this guy, I'm alone. Got all these kids, they're boys, they all need help. They're at an age where it's critical. Um, yes, she's had a lot of moments of stress and anxiety and fear because of all that. Um, I was obviously just as concerned in a different way, maybe, you know, like thinking, I sure hope I'm not going to be dying of a, you know, from this. And what the heck do I do? But.
0: What about your sons?
1: Uh, not. They were concerned when I was in the hospital with the surgery and stuff. But, you know, you can tell even the way I get interviewed here and stuff. I don't live with a bunch of negativity and fear and, and sorrow and, and all that. Um, you know, I came through all that. Obviously, it was a crisis at the time, but. Um, i don't focus on it all day long with my kids I, i'm trying to tell them to be more restrictive as far as how they live their lives they they all have fair skin you know yeah. i gotta yell at them because last week one of them's outside without a shirt on and he gets the sunburn on his back and i'm like you know you guys you got you can't be out there doing this kind of stuff if you're gonna go yeah. out especially here in florida you better put hats on and you better put the shirts on and you better put the sunblock on and not be stupid about it because you know look what i've gone through so i try to be strict on that but they're not living with a bunch of oh i can't believe all this happened to my dad and you know at the time when i was in the hospital they did but but not now not it's now. pretty much normal life now
0: what has been your worst moment in all of it
1: probably financial a lot of people oh. don't talk about that
0: they don't uh, yes like my you-
1: health and all that that i'm talking about was bad Um, I've run my own business for many, many years and, um, and with the COVID crisis and everything else that happened, it it was disastrous for my business. How do you focus on running a company and answering lines and emailing people and doing this now? Well, you know, this day I'm going to be gone or I'm in the hospital for five days or I'm here and I'm there. And obviously, you know, there's expenses on everything on top of that. Um, the financial hardship on it was, I think. It's stressed me out more than the cancer sometimes. Like, gosh, I can't believe I'm going through this. This is ridiculous. I've never had these kind of problems my whole life. And that's something that a lot of people don't really talk about and know. Um, You know, anybody that goes through cancer for the most part, it's a financial hardship. A lot of people have money. Maybe they're good. They got good insurance and all that. Maybe they can handle it to some extent, but you're always going to get hit with things that are going to shock you. And that happened to me. I could have lost my house, my cars. I could have lost everything. It could have been a disaster. And as a father who's trying to take care of his whole family, that, that stressed me out, too. Certainly, and I'm not over that. I mean, I'm not sitting here talking to say, oh, everything's perfect now. I'm still struggling with stuff. But that was probably the worst thing, maybe mentally, that frustrating me beyond my health.
0: I'm glad you mentioned that because you're right. Most people won't talk about it even though the statistics are very clear. I think it's over 50% of cancer patients end up filing for bankruptcy. Um, and it is a huge financial stress. What about your best moment?
1: Best moment. I don't know that I have one specific thing, but I guess talking about the financial stuff, I'm not afraid to say this probably because I met somebody um, when I was in the hospital, I got a, a cancer magazine, and I saw an ad in there one day, and I never knew this until last year, that you can buy or sell life insurance policies. I did not know that. And I actually had two policies. I had one when I first got, ba- got married. My father-in-law like, you need to have a life insurance policy, whatever. So <laughs> I got that, and I've had it since I got married. That when I bought a house, I had a guy knocking on my door one day, trying to give me cards and tell me, oh, you, you need this. And I, I didn't even really know that it was a life insurance policy. I thought if, God forbid, if something were happening to me, they'd take care of my house. But it's just a normal life insurance policy. He was just using that as a sales pitch because I was in a brand new neighborhood with all brand new houses that got built. And so when I saw that guy's ad, I called him and I said, how does this all work? How does this happen? And so the long story short is I was actually able to sell... One of my life insurance policies, you don't sell it for what it's worth. They get a discount on it. You're dealing with investors in New York that want to buy and sell it and make money on it and all that. And if something happened to me now on that policy, they get the money, but they pay you a decent percentage of what your policy's worth. And if it weren't for that, if it weren't for that, I would be bankrupt and I would have lost everything. And it helped me to survive for a year.
0: Wow. Uh, Obviously with a big
1: family with four kids. I've got a ton of expenses, so I still haven't figured everything out. I'm still like a hair's breadth away from getting back in the struggles with everything again, because it's been tough. I'm hopeful that things will turn around.
0: Wow. I've heard of it before, but I don't think anyone's ever talked about it on the podcast. <laughs> so, I, I mean, I know, I know what it is, and, but uh, I'm really glad you mentioned it, because you're right. I don't think most people know at all. No. And, and those expenses, just they just add up. They, they really, really do. What's one thing, I mean, you've, you've been through so many things and they happened over a relatively short period of time. What's one thing you wish you had known at the very beginning?
1: Probably how serious melanoma is and how this is nothing to mess around with and, um, and you know, I'm 52 years old. Anybody that's young listening to this, you better take precautions with your skin out in the sun. Um, Anybody can get it. Uh, I mean, it can happen to anybody, any nationality doesn't matter. Um, But obviously uh, people that are really fair skin with light eyes have more issues with it.
0: Greg, if you could only do one thing to improve healthcare in the US, what would it be and why?
1: being very strict about our exposure to all kinds of chemicals, the thing that nobody really talks about is that we are in the most toxic world in the history of the world. Yeah. Um, and I told somebody that today. I mean, you think of, okay, what, what am I washing my hair with? What am I putting on for deodorant? What am I brushing my teeth with? All the chemicals, the foods, the GMOs, the pesticides, this, that, and the other. I mean, so all of these things can cause problems. So. You know, I was sunburned. I told you I got fried. I got fair skin and everything. But you know what? I worked around a lot of chemicals when I was younger. You Uh, did. What did you do? My dad used to uh, run a big health food store up in New York. And uh, he also made weightlifting equipment. He had a whole place on the third floor. My brother and I used to go up there and help him build the equipment. My brother was a welder. He'd weld it together and we would take it. We paint the equipment. We did all kinds of stuff. We'd go in there with no masks on. We didn't care. We painted it, breathing all this stuff in. Then uh, in high school, I actually uh, got my degree to be a printer. And my dad wanted to set up an entire print shop. And I'm here in Florida with no air conditioning, working in a hot environment. I handled oh. everything with no gloves. I had to clean the print machine, stuff all over me. I set up a, a room. This was back in the day before they had all this kind of technology today where you do the, the uh, plates and you had to do yeah. the pictures and all that. And I'd go in there with the chemicals. I never covered myself. And I worked around stuff outside sometimes, you know. I'd spray for bugs or whatever else. I never covered up and did all this stuff. So I listen, I can't just blame it on one thing specifically. And I had issues with my teeth. You know, I had I had some fillings in my teeth. I had one with a gold crown, and I had something else over here that was a bridge. Those are two different metals with two different things. They they were in there for 25 years, and I take them Mm -hmm. off, and you can see algae and stuff like that. Who knows what all this stuff does? That's crazy.
0: Oh. You know, so
1: doctors will never talk about any of this. They're just going to tell you what they can do, what drugs they can give you. But I mean, being in the health industry my whole life, I look at all this stuff. I look at all the chemicals we're exposed to and everything else. And I'm like, wow, this is a serious issue.
0: All right. So we are going to lighten things up. Are you ready for the Thriver rapid fire questions? Sure. All right. Here we go. Beach, desert or mountains? Mountains. Beach boys, beetles, or rolling stones?
1: Uh, beach boys probably.
0: What is one word that best describes you?
1: One word. Passionate maybe.
0: Okay. Before you die, what is the last song you want to hear?
1: It would probably be some biblical song, but it would be something that would encourage you for life everlasting and God's in control. It would be something to that effect. I don't, I don't know the specific song off the top okay. of my head.
0: What about the last meal you want to eat?
1: I don't know. I'm Italian, so maybe it'd be a nice, like, some kind of Italian meal with olives and pasta mm-hmm. and salads and good stuff like that, maybe.
0: (laughs) That sounds good. The last person or people you want to see?
1: Well, definitely be my wife and my family, my sons.
0: And the last words you will speak?
1: It would probably be a scripture. It might be Psalm 91, which I had a dramatic experience with. And it ends with long life, I will satisfy you and show you my salvation. So I've been hanging on to Psalm 91 for protection over my life that I would live and not die. I don't even think about dying. I think about God protecting me and using me and uh, has a plan and a purpose that goes way beyond anything that I've gone through. Uh, We're in a fallen world. Everybody goes through troubles and, you know, but I, I still believe God has a plan. And so I do love Psalm 91.
0: Aside from Cancer You, what's one resource you would recommend for cancer patients and caregivers? And please be sure to tell people how they could get in touch with you.
1: I guess what I would say is do your research. Research the drugs, research the disease, look for natural alternatives look for anything that could possibly help you put in searches on Google and read some of these things that are out there. There have been a lot of people that have been cured from a lot of diseases without going through some of these things. Obviously when it goes to your brain, that's a nine one one crisis. You can't wait and do anything differently. But I do know that there are a lot of good natural things that have done some amazing things for people that have gone through cancer. Um, Maybe not to this level with a melanoma that goes to your brain, but I I still take great supplements. I believe in minerals. And most people are deficient in minerals. So those things can all help. In fact, taking high doses of magnesium after I had the surgery on my head helped me dramatically. That magnesium made a big difference for me with my brain. You can look it up. Magnesium is involved in 300 different chemicals in the body. So there's, I guess that would be the info I would tell you to tell anybody. Okay. Not a lot of people do, but I do. Do your own research as much as you possibly can for what you can do.
0: What I like about what you said very specifically was it wasn't just to do research. You said also do research on the medications. And I know people who do a lot of research on the actual disease, but not so much on the medications. And I I think that's so, so important. Greg, I want to thank you for sharing your story. And before we wrap up, how can people get in touch with you if they want to reach out?
1: Uh, so I actually, you hear me talking a little bit about godly things, rainbows and all that. I feel very compelled by God that he's got a plan and a purpose. Um, I started something called Crossing Jordan uh, Ministries. And, uh, and I have some of this info we're talking about here. People can go there. It's called crossingjordan.com, the website. Mm-hmm. There's a phone number. There's email ways to reach me up there. I have a video that talks all about the life uh, insurance issues. I got a whole section up there that talks about some of the rainbows and what I've gone through. I got a thing up there that talks about Psalm 91. It's a great site. There's a lot of good information up there I could put so much more up there. I actually, the way you're doing this, I feel compelled to maybe do a lot of interviews with people going through this stuff. I, I don't really know exactly what God's plan is for me, but I felt compelled. You know how I found this? Site. I never knew your company before. I never heard of Cancer University. The oh, guy, tell
0: me. I should probably ask oh, that. <laughs> yeah.
1: The guy, the guy that, um, that helped me sell my life insurance policy. He's 73 years old. His name's also Greg. He's a great guy. He runs this operation with him and his wife. They're out in uh, Kansas. And um, I became good friends with this guy. He loves God. He goes to church every day of the week. He's praying. He tells me he's praying for me and everything. And so um we said how are we need to tell people about what you went through because he wanted me to see if there's any way I could just tell people that yeah. need help what you can do and so we became like best friends and so I I don't know how long ago two or three weeks ago or whenever I connected with your organization he's the one that sent me the email he said I found this site he said you need to look into it check it out and so I did and that's how I found it. I'm like wow And I went through the site and then I saw that you can do interviews and all. I said, I I might as well do an interview. And I signed up and that's how I met you, Andrea.
0: Greg, thank you so much for coming on and sharing your story. And we will be sure to put a link to your website in the workshop and the show notes.
1: Thank you so much. I I love being on with you. And I'd love to chat with somebody or deal with anybody who's watched this or has questions, concerns, needs any help.